0: This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy.
1: Hi, this is Lucy. And I have a rendezvous today with a man from Mars. In fact, he works right here on the Desilu Lot. I'm speaking, of course, of that wonderful actor, Mr. Ray Walston, who is currently appearing on television as my favorite Martian. Ray, darling, hi.
0: Hi. Hello, Lucille. How are you, darling?
1: I'm fine, and I'm very happy to see you today. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. You know, one of the reasons I'm on radio is because I I like to get better acquainted with people, and particularly with people from Mars. Now, I think this is my big chance, and my listeners' big chance. Ray, do you think all people from Mars are as delightful and as perceptive as you are?
0: Well, I'll tell you that uh, we'll soon know, you know, with this uh, Mariner thing that we've got headed toward Mars, we'll all know what's up there pretty soon. Do you uh,
1: personally think there may be people on Mars, Ray?
0: Well, now if you're talking to me off the record, I'm going to have to answer you and say, I know there are people on Mars. (laughs) This is very much on the record. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you hope there are, really? Yes, I do. Would you uh, be... So
0: my show can stay on the air. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, your show stays on the air anyway. Would you be frightened of them?
0: I don't think so. Why not? Well, I'll tell you, I have a feeling that the basis of the belief that there is life on Mars other than just uh, little small things like pink people and globs and so forth running around has always been a fallacy. I've, I, I may have built it up in my mind when I answer you, and I'm answering you truthfully, that I may have built it up in my mind as a result of my favorite Martian, but I've come to believe that there are people there, and that the people are good, and that the people are very learned and are way ahead of us. And uh, I may be living in a dream world. This uh, next explosion we're going to
1: make toward Mars, would you like to be part of that, Ray?
0: Yes, I think it would be very exciting. I think that... Uh, that b-
1: would be about the biggest publicity stunt I'd ever heard of. I think <laughs>
0: so, that too. could
1: take yeah. place.
0: You know, I think that one of the... Uh, One of the most exciting things about the space probe, ours and not only ours but uh, any other country that's trying it at the moment, uh, is the stimulation in the minds of uh, the adventurer and there are so many uh, adventurers in in America, let me say, you know, I think that's why America is the way it is because of the...
1: Beginning uh, from a very early age.
0: Right, yes. And I think that people, just talking about the moon, not about Mars, but, but, uh, you know, think of the man who is going to be the first man to set foot on the moon. Now, isn't that going to be something?
1: Yeah, it's a little frightening, I think, to the
0: women, uh, but uh, I guess the men rather enjoy it. Well, you know, I heard a program on the radio not very long ago about, about women. It's been determined that women, if given an opportunity, can make better astronauts than men. That really? they, Yes, that physically they are uh, equipped for it better. and uh, They can take st-
1: the punishment, you mean. That's
0: what I was about to say. Stamina-wise, they can take it and so forth.
1: Yeah, well, that's been pretty well proven through the years in just about everything, right from the covered wagon on up, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. You're married, aren't you, Ray? Yes. How long have you been married? 18 years. And you have a 9-year-old daughter? Uh, an 11-year-old daughter. An mm-hmm. 11-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. And how does she uh, regard you? Any differently these days, since you are uh, everyone's favorite Martian?
0: Well, at this particular moment, she's a little bored with it, but when we, <laughs> o- when we opened last year, she was, uh, she was somewhat... Uh, she was
1: also 10.
0: Yes. She was somewhat in awe of it all, and she took pleasure in uh, uh, being pointed out as the Martian's daughter and so forth. But uh, it's a little passé at the moment.
1: Does she uh, have any ideas of her own about Mars, like most of our
0: 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds? Well, she has her own ideas about the show. She's been trying to get me to get the producer to write a part <laughs> for her. Or, or, or she comes yeah. down looking for a father. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but I mean about, about Mars being a possibility of being inhabited.
0: I'll tell you what comes to my mind with that question is is that when she was about six or seven years old, uh, she had a great fear of Mars, really. Yes. And uh, I had a big problem with her. She, she had seen some movies somewhere on television or something yes. like that, and uh, it was about spaceships dropping down and uh, taking people off and so forth. And she lived in constant fear of this. And, yes, a uh, lot of children did. I, and I, you
1: have dispelled
0: that, Ray. Yes, I was going right. to
1: bring that up. It's, it's like Walt Disney taking the fear out of mice. <laughs> you know? Mickey Mouse became... Anyone in America could make a pet of a mouse, I think. Mm-hmm. Really, and, and most women for years, have and men too, have run screaming from mice. All of a sudden, they're all little Mickey Mouse, and they're adorable, and you want to make pets out of them.
0: Yes. That's one of the delightful things about this whole project that, I, that, that I'm really grateful for, is that because of my experience with my child, because of the fact that I almost had to find, you know, really, other than just uh, my own particular care for I had to find something for this hysteria. Yes. That at night, with the lights out, or she wouldn't go to sleep with the light out, and yeah. it was really a great, great big My children
1: order. still have nightmares when they see uh, the pictures with great oversized ants eating Los Angeles and Mm -hmm. and the eggplant that ate Philadelphia or something. You know, it's really,
0: uh, it's to be reckoned with. It certainly is.
1: Ray, I understand you were a newspaper man before you became an actor.
0: Yes, I worked on a newspaper in New Orleans, Louisiana for, oh, a year and a half. Are you from New Orleans? Yes, that's my home.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. a southern gentleman. Yes. Where your home now is in Beverly Hills, right? Yes. You
0: miss New Orleans? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, uh, I visited there last, uh, uh, April a year ago, but it was about two years ago, just before we started shooting The Martian Show, and uh, I was somewhat disillusioned with what had happened, let's say, for example, the French Quarter, which had now turned into almost like a carnival.
1: Yes, I noticed mm. that several years ago, but that mm-hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful town. The nostalgia of the real old days is still there. I mean, you can walk down a street and sort of imagine it. I would like to go there, I think I would like to go there during, um, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras time, but it must be very hectic.
0: It is, but it's ex- extremely exciting, despite the, the, the frantic and hectic quality of it all. I've you often
1: know. wondered, all of the big parties, are they all for charity at that time, Ray?
0: I have to confess that uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, uh, I grew up in New Orleans, and I haven't been there for quite some time except uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, as far as the Mardi Gras is concerned, I was only interested in, when I lived in New Orleans as to whether or not I was going to get a costume to wear,
1: ah. whether or not
0: my parents were going to get one for me, yeah. you know, and be able to get one for me. Yeah. So as far as the actually what, you know, the, 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 the meaning really, of the really meaning of the Mardi Gras and what happens to the, to the big parties, the Comus party and, and all of those, I don't know. I understand that you made a living as
1: a linotype machine operator,
0: uh, yes, which I, I think
1: is very um, oh, Unusual for an actor To have a really good
0: way Of making a living on the outside I commend you for it Well thank you But do you know Someone told me once That Ben Lyon One of the first movie stars One of the big stars One of the big stars In silent films And I think he went on To do some talking pictures I'm not quite sure Yes He married to B.B. Daniels no, But a... he was a printer Really? And uh, I also think He was an linotype operator you know. I didn't know that about Ben. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Did
1: it help you in um, your life throughout to be that learned and uh, not just uh, having another job, another way to make a living, but uh, being a printer, is, uh, it helps you with your, your knowledge of many things, doesn't it?
0: Let me say that it helped me, as far as acting is concerned, a great deal. Because when I first went to New York in 1945 and I started looking for work, and you know what a rugged uh, uh, situation yes. that is... I worked at the Herald Tribune at night as an operator. I would go down and slug up on the substitute board, which meant that I was not confined to uh, a steady job. I could go and I could work uh, one or two days a week and I could earn enough money that kept me going and I could look for work in the theater in the daytime. And I did that off and on from 1945 to 1950. Hmm. In 1950, I stopped because I, I managed to get a show that was lasted a couple of years, and since then, I've been in, you know, many shows. You've done some great shows. Some uh, You started with Margot Jones Playhouse in
1: uh, Houston, didn't That's you? Right. That's right. Oh, Ray, our time is up. Could you come back tomorrow? I'd be delighted. Thank you, Ray, because i got some other things I want to ask Good. you. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for today. Please be with me again tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today my guest is Mr. Ray Walston, everybody's favorite Martian. Ray, darling, thank you for coming back today. Now, yesterday we were talking about the way you got into the business, and you mentioned that you started at the Margot Jones Playhouse in Houston. Now, Ray, after the show yesterday, you were telling me that Miss Jones had done the first Tennessee Williams play that was ever produced. I was very interested because I've always admired Margot's work— but I must say that I'm not too fond of Tennessee Williams' sick portrayal of the South. I know that Mr. Williams is an excellent playwright. I know that he's a very unusual man. He's regarded very highly by dramatists and critics, but personally, I feel that so many of Tennessee Williams' plays drag the audience through a lot of, well, questionable subject matter, which I find a little rough for general consumption.
0: But what I was going to bring up was what I think was his second play, which Margot had something to do with the direction in New York, and that was uh, The Glass Menagerie. Now. I know that some of Tennessee's plays that came later on had these qualities that you that you were talking about, but but were you uh, were you in New York at the time that that play was running? The, yes,
1: I saw the, Glass Menagerie uh-huh, three times.
0: Uh-huh. And did you consider that also in the, the,
1: the... Well, not as much, because I was much more interested in Lorette Taylor Yes. at the time. It was yes. our last chance to see Lorette, yes. and I was so grateful that I did have that chance. No, I did not. Uh, no, I
0: didn't uh, either. I was going to say to you, I thought that there, I thought he wrote a very beautiful show. Oh, what Was it Lorette Taylor? You tell me.
1: Well, uh, no, the subject matter was not as as draggy as as Mm -hmm. what he came out with later. Mm -hmm. He didn't bring out everyone's frailties to such an extent. In Glass Menagerie, there was a pathetic, sympathetic, wonderful... uh, Mm -hmm. There were several parts that Mm -hmm. were very beautifully done, beautifully written and beautifully portrayed. Yes.
0: But then I wanted to say one other thing, Lucy, if if I might, about... uh, On the subject of Margot in Tennessee. And then there was a play that we did in New York in 48 or 49, I think it was. And it was uh, Summer and Smoke. Oh, yes. Summer and Smoke. You were in that. Yes, I was in that. I was in that production, which lasted three months in New York. And Margot directed that play. But then later on, it was done in the village. And uh, what's that lady's name? Um, Geraldine Page, of course. Oh,
1: one of the greatest. Yes,
0: and then Geraldine did it in, in the village and it was a huge success. It land lasted a year and a half. I you know.
1: guess we can thank Geraldine for that. Yeah, huh? she's mm-hmm. really great. I understand that you also are uh, a graduate of the Actor Studio
0: and very proudly so. Well, uh, let me let me put it this way: I never graduated. I'm still a member, and I never got out of the place. And I don't think I would want to get out of the place. I like it. I've always liked it. I got a great deal from it. I think it's been terribly maligned and uh, and unjustly so because. People like to say that Mr. Strasberg is teaching people to scratch and groan and grunt and so forth and hide their faces, and it's just the opposite, really.
1: Yes, I think uh, the onset of that was that he had some uh, a young man, we'll say, because we're quite aware that it started with Marlon Brando, and I think he made the best of each one's attributes at the time, and he happened to pick Marlon, yes. who is a scratcher and a groaner. Yes. <laughs> you know?
0: That's
1: right. I, I, that was my feeling no, about that's, it. No, that's anyway. a
0: true feeling, because... Uh, when the, when the, when the uh, studio was formed in 1947, Brando had been in uh, uh, I Remember Mama, mm-hmm. and then he had been in a play called Truck Line Café, which Elia Kazan directed and uh, Harold Clurman produced and so forth, and it was written by Maxwell Anderson, so that when the actor's studio was first formed, he was invited to come in, but he was already you know, doing what he's doing now. Yes. You know, So he did not learn that at the actor studio.
1: Actually, he's a very brilliant young man. He's a very strange you know. young man, but mm-hmm. he's very brilliant. Uh. The uh, work that Mr. Strasberg has given to the theatrical followers throughout the nation is certainly commendable. Because he oh, started certainly. a whole new...
0: Yeah, but you know, you know, you wouldn't think that, uh, for example, when Brando was invited into the to the studio, that is, when it was formed, that at the same time Tom Ewell, David Wayne, and a few others like Carl uh, Malden. Yes. You know, well, Malden of the three I've mentioned is a is a, is a terribly method actor, but you wouldn't you wouldn't consider Wayne or Tom, Tommy Ewell that. What They're is a very... method actor? Now, I wouldn't oh, know it, that uh, Carl was. Let me let me let me put it this way: when in 1933, I read that uh, I didn't read it in 33, but I read that in 1933 when. Stanislavski came to this country uh, which he's the man that the method is based on yes uh, he pointed out one actor and said this man is the epitome of method acting and that man's name was Walter Houston mm-hmm now so well, I think what did that, he
1: base it on uh, well I, I you think, know I don't
0: <clears throat> well I think that method acting it seems to me uh, Lucille is when some when somebody makes a big a big pretense and a big deal over what we all do anyway. That is, we believe what we do when we get a part. You know, we go into it and we try to play it. But they sort
1: of point up the fact to other people that they are. uh, Rather
0: than being, exactly. Rather
1: than being. I go along with that. Uh, That certainly is, and I have a layman's point of view on it, that they seem those that we say are method actors and we sort of have a derogatory tone when we say it that they do spend quite a bit of time telling us what they're doing rather than doing it, what they're thinking, why they think it, and why it's important that they think it, and why everyone should take a little more time. I don't have that much time in my um, acting days. I get out and do. I don't talk about why I do it. I just do it. Perhaps therein lies the difference. That's all. I have a method, certainly, and my method is to get out and do it and not talk about it so much. I don't know. Uh, I am about to embark on something, Ray, and I certainly wish you were going to be side by side with me. I'm going out to the universities after the first of the year and look for some young people. You're looking for young, <laughs>
0: uh, young, young talent, We've young actors, actresses We've and so got forth? We've got
1: to, Ray. This, uh, There's a dearth of uh, new talent and what everybody talks do? about it and very few people do anything about it. Well, so, What I'm are you going to do when you find them? I'm going to bring them back here and test them and hope that people will be looking at what we're bringing back. And do well, the best now, I can. This is the for... first
0: that I've heard of, 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 of this uh, project of yours, and I have to say that you have my salutes, my admiration. I think that is this is the best thing I've heard in I don't know how long.
1: Well the communities uh, playhouse operations throughout America are getting better. The universities, I feel, are doing a better job in the drama departments than they have done in many years. We have known several people that have come out of, for instance, Northwestern and Pittsburgh U and, uh, and the Dallas Playhouse. And I think there's another one in Helena, mm-hmm. Montana. And I'm just anxious to go. Uh, I, I'm not sure that on one night or two nights seeing a production that I will be that aware and that good at picking yes. people, but I'm going to try anyway. To just put out a call and say all the young people should rush to Hollywood, we know that this is disaster and it's not fair to them, but if uh, we can go to them and uh, make a choice and give them a fair swing out here with mm-hmm. a test and a part in mind, for instance, and we've had a terrible time casting our pilots, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's of interest to me to help young people, period, but... Uh, Also, I am in a position to perhaps have something definite to offer them, and I'm going to give them every chance.
0: Oh, honey, our time is up again today, Ray. Well, it's been so delightful talking to you, and I wish you the best of luck, and I know that you have made many, many friends in your years in this business, and you're going to make, I think, so many more as a result of what you are about to embark on at this moment. Thank you. I'm very grateful.
1: Come and see us again, will you, Ray? Goodbye, Don. You've been delightful. Bye-bye. For the last two days, I have been talking to Mr. Ray Walston, everybody's favorite Martian. I hope you'll all be with me again tomorrow and my guest will be Mr. Hal King, who is director of makeup for Max Factor here in Hollywood. See you then. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.